This time we're at Pumpkin Hill. You ain't ready. I ain't gonna let it get to me. I'm just gonna creep down in Pumpkin Hill. I got to find my lost piece. I know that it's here. I can sense it in my key. The great emerald's power allows me to feel. Yeah, I'm ready. Around somewhere. Hello, listeners. We had a new show. You're probably looking at your feed wondering, what is this on a different day of the week and probably on time or something? Welcome to an episode of Geekly Reveal. Uh, we're not really revealing stuff. This is kind of just a recap. Not a new show, but a new show. Kind of what's going on with us, what's going on in the geeky world, uh, video games, comics, books, music, maybe sports. If some people are nerdy about that, we've discussed it before. As always... Or maybe not as always, as previously noted, I am your host, Dom, a.k.a. Brother Dom, a.k.a. Not Gonna Steal the A.k.a. segment from another show. And once again, I'm joined with my great, fantastic, incredible, I have no scheme for this, co-host. <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? As always, I would love to. I am Stephanie. I am Captain Steph on the Twitters. I am the Snow Queer on the Tumblers. Wow, I forgot that for a second. Um... <laughs> And I am excited to talk about some superhero stuff. Yeah, it's a super, super week. But before we jump into that, I gotta know, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I I, I got a haircut today, so I'm feeling pretty, like, just back in the, back in the, the swing of things. <laughs> I was feeling kind of shaggy, so. Oh, shaggy, shaggy. Anytime I hear about shaggy hair, I automatically go to that scene from the Scott Pilgrim movie. <laughs> <laughs> It was cool. We went to the Ren Fair a couple of weeks ago, or last weekend. Uh, it was nice. It was actually cool to see. See, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, that was so fun to hang out. It's uh, it's weird how three months can feel like not a long time when you do a podcast and you feel like you see somebody <laughs> at least once a week. <laughs> yeah. You guys' costumes were, like, dope as hell. Like, congratulations on making those. You are quite the wizard wizardress. <laughs> Which? Which. <laughs> With sewing, so that's very nice. It was, it was really cool. You saw the you. abomination I made with my lack of skills. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. It, it, it had charm. There was a charm to it. It was my peasant clothes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Other friend, we had, like, different levels of, of, of class going on. <laughs> yeah, we had, like, ladies and the wenches and the guy with the rope tied around his waist. The, the actual playable character. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, it was fun. Um... I just moved. I'm in a new. Ooh. I'm in a new location. <laughs> Very excited. So actually, can record later than eight o'clock for once. This is lovely. But besides me, besides Steph, holy shit, holy shit, Luke Cage. <laughs> holy shit, Luke Cage. I got five minutes into the first episode, and I'm like, this is the blackest shit I've ever seen in a long time. In the most cool, positive, superhero, on the way kind of way. And I have so much to say about it. I'm only two episodes in. I'm such a weak fan. How far did you get? Um, I am probably going to watch one more episode tonight. That'll be episode eight. Ooh, lucky you. I've, I've heard so <laughs> many good things about so many episodes. And I, I just want to get so much into that. But anything you want to say about it, like in a non-spoiler sense? Um, I just, I... I'm just so excited about it, and it's not—it's not a show for me, you know. Like I'm about as white as they come, but it's. <laughs> but I'm. <laughs> but I um, I'm just I'm enjoying watching it. I'm enjoying seeing the reaction to it from people of color who are 
like deservedly getting a show that's about them and for them. What's so cool? It's um, I, I tweeted it today or two days ago, based on when you listen to this. It's it's so black and not in a way like they don't sit there and explain it. Uh, a lot of people have said it so far, but they don't go through. Well, this is why we're doing this, or this is why we talk like this. It's just it is what it is, and it didn't seem to be watered down for a white audience. But it's not alienating either. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I don't feel like I, I don't feel like it's something that I can't understand. It's just not my experience. Yeah, like I was at a paintball party today out in the woods, which is as non-urban <laughs> as you can get. <laughs> and my friend, uh, also a white guy, he would admit to being a pretty white guy. He was like, this show is so good, man. Like the action, the story, the characters are great. And that's what one of the great things is. We talk a lot about diversity and representation in media. And while that is a big part of it, some of these stories really are universal, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that Luke Cage goes through and the people around him, there's mystery going on, there's crime, there's crime fighting. These are all things that are relatable. And even in the barbershop scenes, which is classically a very black experience, while you might not get why are they in the barbershop or why is it such a big deal to be in here, you still get the idea of there's debates about things that matter, debates about things that don't. This is people being people. And I think that definitely transcends race, even if it's through a black for black lens you know mm-hmm. and it's also really cool to see uh, asian people not be ninjas or other stereotypes yeah like when genghis connie first of all that's an amazing pun um for a restaurant name but when connie like opened her mouth the first time and just like spoke with a regular american accent i was like oh my god like dare- on daredevil the like old dragon lady stereotype that was head of the chinese triads didn't speak in english until like the 12th episode and then they were like oh my god she can speak english and she was like haha i like had you going this whole time well that's a cute like, little uh that's like a nice subversion but there's a whole we're subverting a thing but at the same time we're still doing the thing we're still playing <laughs> into it horribly like the entire second season like it's just ninjas ninjas yeah. everywhere like ninjas that work for a japanese corporation yeah it, it, that it's just like a level of wild that you know, you see that in a show like South Park, and you're like, of course they took the low route on that. But then you see it in a show that claims to be higher brown, it's doing the same exact things, but without the, look how edgy we are, irony. Yeah, like without the self-awareness. Yeah, it's like you're kind of worse than South Park, because they were doing it to be dicks. Whether or not that's acceptable <laughs> or not, that was the goal, and you did the same thing. Yeah. But damn, Luke Cage has had, like I said, two episodes in, which... You know, most of the things we watch would be movies, so a two-hour commitment would have been enough for a lot of other things. But so many good one-liners. The music is just amazing. I could gush on and on about it. So many good lines. There's so much good music. Like, every episode has even more fantastic music in it. Yeah, like, as soon as I heard that all the um all the, the episode titles were... It's gonna escape me now. I just lost all the cred for bringing the point up. Uh, but they're all <laughs> it'll come to me like in a flash they're lyrics no no they're, they're titles of gangstar they're titles of gangstar songs okay um if that's wrong someone should fact check me but i think it's gangstar i'll check it on the break but they're all titles to songs and you know they all have like a point in like they, they reference the episode itself and i thought oh they're really going really deep with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and even the trailer with old dirty bastards shimmy shimmy y'all going on in the background which I heard it's not what they use in that in that episode, but 
for a trailer, I was like, holy shit, man, they're not <laughs> playing around at all. I mean, it really makes me look forward to Black Panther in a kind of way because that's a completely different uh, version of the Black experience, seeing as it's in Wakanda, which is in Africa, which is completely different than yeah, the Black experience here. And they, they did get a Black, well, it's not for Luke Cage because it's a TV show, it's a showrunner, it's a director for a movie, but they got Ryan Coogler to do... Uh, Black Panther, so that that will also have like black <laughs> guidance. <laughs> smart, <laughs> smart racial decisions in that yeah. kind of way. Yeah, people have a lot of faith in the guy, and you know they had a black director on Luke Cage, and I've heard I've heard some interviews and stuff with him, and the guy is he's right there on. He he's he's speaking to the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall, you know, I recommend it. I mean, it broke Netflix already, so I don't think that should happen again. But did you hear about that? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I was glad. Um, I've been watching them with a friend. Like we, she's not here, but we just we we start them at the same time, and then we Facebook message each other while we're like reacting to them, like we're marathoning them together. And I was thinking maybe we would start watching it this morning, and then I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll run some errands because apparently <laughs> I can't use Netflix right now. Which is so un. It's kind of annoying and unfortunate, but damn, what an achievement! I haven't heard of that happening. It hasn't happened with anything, like Origins of the New Black, or like House of Cards, like nothing yeah. that's like supposedly Legacy a things. huge show, yeah. You know, uh, you gotta give props to Geeks of Color and Black Girl Nerds. Uh, Black Girl Nerds, she's always doing so many live tweets, and you know, there were so many people during the day on Friday that were saying, I could be watching Luke Cage right now, but I gotta wait for the live tweet, or just all that kind of <laughs> thing for that shared experience, and yeah. Just getting a lot of people, a lot of hashtags trending worldwide and that kind of thing. I, I just think that just seeing the response to this, it has to be proof to Marvel and Disney or whoever that the people of color dollar is worth so much and it won't alienate. I mean, there's going to be some racists that are going to be salty, sure, but the majority of people who we even say it's not that big of a deal of representation, they're still going to tune in. They're not going to be turned off and you will get your views and your money. And you'll even get more because I haven't watched Daredevil or Jessica Jones because I saw Daredevil with Ben Affleck. I was fine with that. And Jessica Jones, I felt <laughs> like I needed to see Daredevil first. But then they're like, hey, Luke Cage. It's like, I guess I gotta gotta watch some of that because it looks super dope. So, uh, In fairness, you can watch Jessica Jones without... Well, it, it does stand alone. There's only like the one... Rosario Dawson's character is the only character that carries around through... I was not aware of that, so yeah. <laughs> I'll be able to watch Jessica Jones the next time I have binging. And it movies. has Luke Cage in it. Yes, I didn't know that much. So <laughs> now I gotta, I gotta go see what's going on. I really like him much more in this, like in his own show, than I did in Jessica Jones. Not because he's an unlikable character, but he just didn't have a lot of room because the show was so much about Jessica and her trauma. That's kind of not really. Yeah, he was to be there. like. Yeah, like, he was just, like, a a hookup who also happened to have superpowers. Which is, you know, the way that Stanley intended. Exactly. Our Lord. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior. Stanley. Stanley's pen name is as creative as so many of the names he created in his series. <laughs> right. <laughs> full shade to the man. He's a creative genius, but full shade. But some of those names, man, I have no clue what he was doing. <laughs> Uh, any any other parting thoughts on Luke Cage before we move on a little bit? Because we could, I could talk an hour about this. Um, only that the one playing Misty Knight is super fine. Like, yo, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Uh, yes, that's true. That's very true. That's just that's the last thought there. Hey, before we get off that, <laughs> Missy Knight. <laughs> so this show's filmed so beautifully, right? And yeah, there was a shot which she comes. Uh, not really spoilers. She's in the club. Um, mm-hmm. and we're in a really low cut dress, which cool, fine, whatever. But there was a frame where she had the martini glass and it was positioned like between her chest in a way that mm-hmm. it was like that's a very I don't know if there was significance to it, but I was like that's a beautiful shot just because like all the angles and lines and all that and I was like, mm-hmm. This show's so dope because there was literally no reason to add some symmetry there, but they're like, you know what? Get the shot, it'll be great. Exactly. And it was in the trailers and stuff where uh, Cottonmouth was standing in front of the Biggie poster. And... Yeah, with the with the crown like juxtaposed yes. on his head. That's such a good shot. It was it was so beautiful in the trailers, and then when you see it in the show, ah, it's so good. The, yes. Props to the team, and I'm hoping the next uh, nine episodes don't let me down, and I don't see that happening. Yeah, fingers crossed. So, <laughs> fingers crossed, and let's uncross those fingers and move from great representation to not so great representation oh boy you have some so, thoughts i have a, i have so many thoughts um so <laughs> what i have thoughts about is dr strange that guy <laughs> um <laughs> appropriate response yeah so i just from the beginning dr strange was a franchise that they needed to cast a person of color as dr strange and then said they cast the whitest human being on the planet um <laughs> and then the whitest they, name of all time yeah like they one whole hog on it. And then they one up themselves. They were like, no wait, Benedict Cumberbatch isn't the whitest person on the planet. Let's get <laughs> Tilda Swinton to play a Tibetan guy. Like... <laughs> so that's that's pretty awful. Yeah. The one the one explanation I heard of it, which doesn't make me happy, but it makes sense, is that uh they really want the foreign dollar and they were afraid that okay, American audience is finally coming around with having not white people, but Maybe this won't play so well in China, which I, citation needed. It's just something I heard. Um, but I heard that was the reason that they didn't cast somebody more appropriately there. Yeah, well, I mean, I from the sense of it being like, uh, well, Chinese and like China and Tibet are at odds and that like kind of thing, I can see that. But the idea that Asian people will pay more to see, won't pay to see a movie if they had just cast an Asian person is like takes it into the level of bullshit. For me. Yeah. yeah, they could have betrayed the canon in a way that wasn't so completely betraying the canon. Yeah, so, like, the other the other issue is that Doctor Strange is, like, the entire story and, back like, background for Doctor Strange is, like, deeply Orientalist. Like, deeply, deeply <laughs> tied up in these ideas of, like, Asian wise men and mysterious sorcerers on mountaintops in the Himalayas and, like people with, like, Fu Manchu mustaches, and, oh, <laughs> like, very Leaning dated, on the yeah, like, dated nonsense. And then, on top of all that, it's this white guy who comes and ends up being better at it, at this mystical eastern sorcery, than the actual Asian people whose culture and history it is. Yay, America. Which is, like, so bad! So, it's like... Bad. That's, like, one of the reasons that there was such a strong push to cast a not-white person as Doctor Strange, and the same thing for Iron Fist, even more so, um, with they also cast a white guy as, and that's a whole other rant for a whole other day. Was Iron Fist a white guy before? Yes. Okay, Iron Fist so has also been a white guy. Okay, so, I mean, at least in 
it was like, well, this was bad before, but we're not making up new badness. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just perpetuating the old badness. Um, right. Yeah, so it, like they were like, oh well, we don't want to perpetuate this stereotype of a old Eastern wise man, so we're gonna cast a white lady instead. And they were like, you people, you people like that, right? You like gender bending. You like it <laughs> when we do that. And we were all like, no. Why did you you took a role from a brown person and gave it to like an egg like the whitest <laughs> white person in the history of whiteness like this this movie is literally blinding with whiteness benedict cumberbatch was in sherlock yes who who was somebody that was one of the doctors because i feel like if they would have got someone who played the doctor still would have been kind of bad but it would have been like oh, okay time joke magic it's eh, kind of <laughs> funny well, they, they've already used David Tennant in Jessica Jones to great he's effect. The evil um, guy, right? Yeah, he's the bad guy in Jessica Jones, and he talks with his same doctor accents, because he, David Tennant's actually Scottish, but he spoke with a British accent for the show, and, um, <laughs> because at the time, like, it was not, like, Doctor Who's British, like, you can't have him with a Scottish accent, and then three doctors later, he, the doctor has a Scottish accent, but, um, <laughs> but... For Jessica Jones, they had him talk and all, kind of have some of the same mannerisms as the Doctor, and it was very effective because it was like the, it's the same demographic of people who are watching Doctor Who and watching Jessica Jones. And so, yeah. even though he's this despicable, like skin crawling villain, you see him and his mannerisms, and you're like, "Oh, David Tennant is the tenth Doctor. I love him. He's my favorite." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's really been throwing me. That threw me off in Luke Cage because uh, the guy detective. Mm-hmm. He, like everybody else, um, was, he was in an episode. He was on Law and Order, and he was like a really slimy guy. It's like, Ugh. oh man, you were one of the worst guys. Like, <laughs> and I recognize him immediately. But yeah, it's kind of weird seeing people flip flop in roles that kind of way. Yeah. But let's laugh about Doctor Strange. Tell us about that uh, cover of Entertainment Oh Weekend. my gosh, that's this is like my favorite unintentional comedy moment of the last week because I saw it actually it was at home I had gone out after we went to the Ren Fair um I went out to my former place of employment the Barnes and Noble to visit our friend our mutual friend who couldn't come to the Ren Fair with us because she was working there and we were looking at this the cover of the the Entertainment Weekly with the Doctor Strange cast on it and Tilda Swinton looks like if they made a One Punch Man movie but like in the vein of like a like like the Dragon Ball live action movie, like something serious that completely misses the point of the actual the actual source material and is full of white people, like like when they do the realistic shading on the One Punch Man scenes. <laughs> yeah, like exactly, like just like if they were like, ah, oh, we're going to make a serious like like we're going to take the, what do the kids like these days with. They like that one punch man, don't they? Like The man of the single punch. As, as my former boss at Barnes Noble said, what's with that one punch guy? I mean, that's that's on brand for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long, I mean, it could be worse. People could be like, hey, what's up with that fisting guy? And that would be... <laughs> that would be that completely the, different. That has to be the parody theme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. In brighter comic book news... To jump back into diversity, <laughs> what's this I hear about a, uh, a queer Wonder Woman? 
Uh, well, the current writer of the Wonder Woman comic, um, which is excellent, by the way, dear dearest listeners, I totally recommend Wonder Woman Rebirth. If you are not reading it, there are seven or eight issues, eight issues, I think, out now, and they're awesome. Um, Greg Rucka is one of my favorite comic book writers. He wrote the Batwoman Elegy series. It's like it's 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 a, it's a single trade, but it's it's called Batwoman Elegy. It's like the uh, kind of foundational. Batwoman story of the modern Batwoman like it has her coming out story in it and like a really interesting just like a good villain and all of that so he's writing Wonder Woman right now he did an interview last week where he confirmed what really should have been obvious the entire time (laughs) seeing as Wonder Woman comes from a island where there are no men that (laughs) Wonder Woman likes girls. Like, she headline also likes boys. Yeah, like, <laughs> headline of the week. Like, shocking news. Writer invokes logic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Wonder Woman's mom is in a long-term relationship with another woman. Like, Wonder Woman lives on an island surrounded by women and has never met a man in her life. The and odds am- are high. The, yeah. odds are, the odds were high anyway. And I actually wrote a post on Lady Geek Girl uh, ten days ago, maybe like two less than a month ago, reviewing the series so far because I was excited about it. And I there was a a panel early on in the in the first episode because it's kind of setting up a new origin story or like the official origin story for Wonder Woman because it's changed so many times over the years. Where they said. They were watching, like, some of the other Amazons were watching her swim, and they were like, oh, man, she's, like, she's so, like, so pretty. Like, I wonder if I'd have a chance with her. And, and someone was like, you probably could. Like, have you tried? Like, <laughs> I, and, like, have you asked her? And she's been out with Kasia and, like, this person, the other person, like. Pretty obvious. Right? Yeah, it's like. Right there. And I was, I was like, did he? Did he just do that? And, <laughs> yeah, and like a week later, here comes this interview with him, and he was like, "Yeah, like the Masira is a queer culture, and Wonder Woman is a queer character." Like, <sighs> we're like not gonna like. He actually said, "Like, I'm not gonna hedge this." Like, hey, we're never so. turning back now. This is this is the year, you know. Yeah, my, the, my alma mater's doing a year of diversity, and apparently, so is nerd culture. You know. Yeah, the future is now. That's what you so. know. I think we all deserve that after that awful ass shit in Age of Ultron. Uh. That's that's a movie <laughs> that did such a good job at the time of being like, hey, this is entertaining. And I stand by the fact that it's a very amazing movie to watch the first time. And as soon as you watch it a second time, shit falls apart quick. Like, <laughs> like let's take, let's take, like, race stuff and gender stuff out of it. And then it's still just stuff doesn't make sense a lot of the time. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, besides that weird ass Thor bath scene, like there's so many things in that movie that just kind of <laughs> they just happen. Um, I think that Chris Hemsworth is probably just contractually obligated to be like naked and damp at some hey, point in each of his movies, which I'm fine I'm with not that. complaining about. I think they could have made they, they could have <laughs> they could one have, line of dialogue. <laughs> they could have just like marveled it into the plot a little more smoothly. And then the thing is, he he did whatever he was doing and then somehow had these answers and it's like i i, I it, it didn't make sense and then let's say you you need to fridge a woman for some reason okay let's say you need to do that i don't know why ultron did that other than just because he felt like it uh-huh. and that didn't seem like a tony stark thing to do so i don't know why he did it 
and it's just is like I don't know what was going on in that movie. Things just kind of happened. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't about that. That's that's it's a while old. We have diversity now. And now that I'm thinking about that weird ass movie, I think I need to take a break. How do you what do you think? Yeah, it's time. So yeah, let's fade into a break. We have a song for you guys, as always. That's the style we're doing. And that song's gonna be Beach Day by Mitty? Maddie Myers? Great musician. You're probably hearing it now, so we'll be right back after the break and we'll see you guys in a minute. I'm gonna splash around in the way he aves, get the endorphins my body craves. I'm gonna soak the sunlight in, 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 cause someday all of this will fade. Alright, let's think about it. Cause when you do Just tiny grains of sand And the tide rolls in In the dark round the bonfire We're waving our hands and we'll dance Because nothing really matters And that's actually fine It's all temporary and I don't mind No destiny aligned We are temporary That's why I'm Just killing time Ready to jump back in? Let's do it. Hey, 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 we're back from the break. It's a good break. Hope you guys like that song. It's already catchy to me. And go on Bandcamp and give it a listen. Maybe buy it, you know. Support support indie musicians. Do it. Jumping from indie to something really high profile, in a way. Uh, our next story. The 76ers, the Philadelphia basketball team, acquired an esports team. That's interesting as hell to me that professional teams and professional athletes in traditional sports are starting to get involved with esports and is that weird to you too Steph even though you're not really in the gaming space um yeah definitely kind of like just a weird movement for like I guess like towards the legitimacy of esports I guess um definitely in my defense, I did not even know that the 76ers were a, what sport they were, or that they were based out of Philadelphia, but carry on. <laughs> hey, you know, the 1776ers, you know? Now I get it, yeah. It, it makes sense. The bell. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense in retrospect. Well, it's, um, I, you know, I, I'm not really big into basketball too much just because it's a long game. But yeah. it, it, it's interesting that a basketball team wouldn't acquire sports teams to play games that aren't, you know, NBA, 2K Live, and that sort of thing. They're playing games like League of Legends, Overwatch, um, Shaq has a team. Just this weekend I saw something. There's a Bud Light Esports Twitter, and they sponsored some, I think there was a fighting (laughs) game tournament or something. Like, Shaq was there, Ron Funches, the comedian, was there, but also some, you know, pro e-athletes. And I I think that's really awesome. I've seen a few esports on ESPN2 before. I think there's a lot of legitimacy to it. League of Legends brings in, like I think, like a $2.5 million purse for the victors. Oh my gosh. Like millions of people watch <laughs> it. They can fill a stadium. There's a lot of legitimacy to it. I'm looking forward to the future of what esports can bring. It's a little bit tricky with shooters or MOBAs like League of Legends. There's a lot of jargon going on here. Um, but a fighting game, Smash Bros., Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, you might see a lot of flashing lights, but you kind of know when somebody loses. And mm-hmm. I think it's very engaging. You know, Mortal Kombat, when someone falls over and you know they've lost, you know when someone's really getting worked over, even if you don't quite understand it. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I've just seen streams of that stuff. It's so hype. And I'm looking forward to what will happen now that 
we have te- like billion dollar franchises backing these teams, giving them, you know, kind of making it as legitimate as other sports would be. So looking forward to seeing where that goes. Very cool. That's all the thoughts I have on that. It's a cool, <laughs> it's a cool story to me. No, yeah, I I have my own specialty related um, thoughts about something very strange that occurred this week in terms of like a legitimacy thing, which is <laughs> um, so my my Brickspace job is in publishing, and I get a daily newsletter from a uh, from Publishers Marketplace, which is a like the big database of publishing stuff out <laughs> there, and. Earlier this week, I got a newsletter. The newsletter, like, it goes through, like, what books have been bought, like, what deals have been made with publishers, like, what job openings there are, like, what books are in the news, like, who's moved where within the industry. Um, It's just, it's a nice, like, bite-sized way to keep track of what's going on in the world. In the deals last week, there was a very interesting line. It said, AO3 author Cold Hope, a.k.a. Vivian Shaw's, book strange practice has been purchased by so-and-so for a three book deal actually by orbit press which is a big is it's the sci-fi fantasy imprint of one of the big five publishers hachette so unpacking that i was just fascinated by this and i bogged down our um our group chat our uh the lady geek girl blog group chat for like an hour just trying to get people to talk to me about it because i thought it was so interesting (laughs) but um like unpacking it, like there are other books that have been that are published that are by people who write fan fiction, whether openly or not. And it used to be that if you wrote fan fiction, once you got a original fiction piece published, you shut down your fanfic. You did not talk about it. You took it off the internet. You closed your accounts. Scrub that off the internet. Yeah, like you didn't talk about it. It was not considered legitimate. Um, but now it seems to really be a legitimate. Yeah. Thing. Um, and even with the rise of stuff like Fifty Shades of Grey, like, which for better or for worse was once fanfic, it still was considered, like, kind of illegitimate. Like, that didn't kind of do anything to scrub <laughs> away the idea. <laughs> yeah, scrub away the idea that fanfic was just, like, white mom porn. Um, I mean, that's a lucrative <laughs> regardless. Even if it yeah, was just that, that's. Yeah, still not to, uh, not to shit on white mom porn. But, um... It's one of the highest grossing genres. <laughs> but, um... But the other side of that is that that book and books that are like it are... They were fanfiction. Like, they were originally a fanfic story that they, like, scrubbed the serial numbers off, as it were, <laughs> and published as original fiction. Whereas this person isn't... She's not publishing one of her like homestuck fanfics as like like changed that like changed Arid into Eric or something like like house glue. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> she's actually writing. She it's, it's a completely original story, and it was so good. It was considered so exciting by the editors that it went to auction, which means that there were more than one publisher was trying to sell it or was trying to buy it to publish it. Yeah, that's like for real, for real legitimacy right there. Yeah, and it went to it, and and she got a three book deal, and this is her debut book. So like, she's never been published before. She's never, um, and then she got picked up by one of the biggest publishers in the industry for a three book deal. And when her, when the press release went out for it, they used her fanfic pseudonym before her real name. Her like her AKA was her actual name, which I thought that's was cool. Fascinating. <laughs> It really is. It's uh, you. You, it's, you can see 
with the internet age and just the overwhelming amount of things that are out there and talked about, it's cool to see that, oh, hey, this person has a built-in audience. Maybe that built-in audience may transfer over, even if it's just a cynical way to just try to get more viewers or readers or buyers. It's still, hey, you're popular. Maybe if people know that's you and maybe they know you by that, they'll actually come find it. Yeah, exactly. Like after I saw that, I was like, oh man, I'm going to check out her AO3 page. And I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, she wrote 75 Homestuck fanfics. (laughs) (laughs) That's dedication on dedication. Yeah, seriously. I'll give her credit on that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So what's next on the uh, the agenda? That was my... So just a brief thing I want to touch on. Uh, Speaking of white mom porn. Oh boy. uh, Pretty much just speaking of porn... And esports. There's a Overwatch porn parody. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> haven't seen it. I, I mean, I saw I saw a review of it, which is hilarious, and I saw <laughs> some of the non X-rated parts of it. You know how like the Family Guy porno has a trailer, uh-huh. because some of the people are very proud of their low to mid grade level cosplays. And to be fair, they are pretty good low to mid level cosplays that were uh-huh. in Family Guy and Overwatch. Yeah. Um, some people said it's meh. I think it's... I'm very upset that it's called the Porn Parody Name, and I'll give them credit for actually doing a parody name. Porn parodies are one of my favorite genres of naming. <laughs> they actually gave it a parody title instead of just saying Overwatch Porn Parody. But it's called Oversnatch, and that's upsetting because Overcrotch is so easily right there. And the it's fact true. that you wouldn't utilize the amazing rhyming pun is quite disgusting, and I won't watch your video because of that, but... If anyone's out there and wants to watch an Overwatch porn with Reaper and Widowmaker, it exists, and it was made to exist, so good luck with that. (laughs) That's a thing that exists on the internet. So, another thing that exists on the internet, another WTF moment, uh, Hillary Clinton's Twitter uh, put out a tweet, and it says, If you register to vote, you'll automatically be entered to meet Pusha T. Pusha T is a rapper who has been on... Kanye West songs, has done his own singles, he's worked with Ty, the creator. You know, pretty good rapper. Just a strange move from Clinton. I don't understand why <laughs> he's the guy you pull. Like, he's not no-name enough that it was completely at random, but he's not big enough to, like, pull weight. It just was a strange move. I don't know who was clamoring to meet Pusha T. Like, it'd be nice to. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to, I'd like to dap him up. <laughs> but I don't know why this is the person in this election. It's I, like, it's, I wouldn't not like to meet Pusha T, but like... I wouldn't go out, if I wasn't going to vote already, This it wouldn't be the like, oh, now I'm going to register. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well, I've got I've got something that definitely would, uh, would get me to register to vote on my uh, voter registration radar, I guess you could say. <laughs> what would that be? That would be that the uh, the cast of Hamilton will be registering folk to vote this week outside of the Richard Rogers Theater in um in New York. So if I had not already registered to vote, or if I planned to vote in the state of New, the fine state of New York, um, I would be definitely there. So it's what like the weekend of New York Comic Con. Yeah, that was. I don't know if that was a brilliant idea or a terrible idea. I don't know. <laughs> it has to be a good. That has to be a good idea. Like that. That has to be a good idea. We should, <laughs> we should definitely walk by there in cosplay. I'm not saying... Well, I'm saying we should do that if we have time. <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely need to do it. That'd be cool. But yes, everyone get out there and vote. Make good decisions. 
it's not really much of a political podcast, but that's a good idea to just go vote. Yeah, and I have a fun a fun throwback to our original topic of Luke Cage that I found out today. Um, What's that? Because I was creeping on the Amazon page, or on the Amazon, on the IMDb page, trying to figure out who I knew people from, um, or like if I'd seen anyone in any other th- shows, and As one discovered does. that the guy who plays Bobby Fish, who's one of the chess players in Pop's Barbershop, yeah. is Jasmine Cephas Jones' dad, who plays Aunt Peggy slash Mariah Reynolds on the original cast. Wait, so her actual dad, or? Her real dad, yeah. His last name is also Cephas Jones. Oh, it wasn't it wasn't Philip Schuyler. Okay. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure where, she, where we were going. Okay, that's pretty cool. The Hamilton cast is also getting a lot of other work. I'm pretty sure I saw Leslie Odom Jr. in a some insurance commercial. Nationwide. It was a nationwide commercial? Mm-hmm. I liked that commercial. It was very cool. Like, <laughs> there's Burr. He also plays a recurring role on SVU, which most people don't get recurring roles. They just show up. But yeah, he's they a show up leave again. Interesting. Yeah. He's a fire and brimstone preacher. 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 Um, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, everyone, go out and vote. Uh, and say you hate all the candidates and you can't see why you would want to vote for them. Just remember there's other things on that ballot. Maybe you're just turning 18. It's your first election. Maybe you've never voted before. It's your first election. Or maybe you just don't think about it. There's all kinds of other stuff on there you could vote for besides the presidents. So if you feel that you need to affect change and you don't feel comfortable with any candidates out of the four that are running, there is a whole bunch of Congress and other stuff. So Yeah, and that's so, so, so important because as you can see from the last like four years, it's so hard for anyone to get anything done if the Congress is no good. So yeah, if you uh, make sure you go do that and you'll get a chance to meet Pusha T and maybe you'll meet the Hamilton cast while you're doing it. There you go. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this election is scary and you want to know what else is scary, stuff. What else is scary, Dom? What could potentially happen if using a Ouija board without supervision? But even more scary than that, there's a Ouija board movie coming out. They're still making that? I didn't research this at all because I refused <laughs> to give it the time of day, but I did see a commercial... And I was like, wait a minute, what is this? And it looks just general, middle-of-the-road, crappy horror movie. It doesn't look worse than another horror movie. It's just there. I don't know. Hopefully it'll be good. Do you have any thoughts on that whatsoever? Uh, like, I'm just, like, worried that it's just going to lead to, like, a Candyland movie and a Monopoly movie and, like... (laughs) Hold on. Who makes Ouija boards? Um, Milton Bradley, I think. Who made Battleship? Hasbro? Crap. Maybe. Wouldn't it be cool if there was like... The extended universe? <laughs> yes, like a board game universe <laughs> where... <laughs> Wait, so Hasbro made Battleship, right? I think so. So would it be fair to say it's canon that Rihanna could leave a Battleship boat and see Optimus Prime? I don't see why not at this point. And could Starscream be flying fast... But then meet up with Rainbow Dash while doing a Sonic Rain Boom. Is that theoretically possible in the Hasbro Extended Universe? In in the HEU? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I want that to be true. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> let's let's go into a song. Uh, you know, we're, these seem to be cash grabs, some of this stuff. Uh, we're going to go into a song about money. This one's going to be Hard Cash by Miracle of Sound, one of my favorite hits of his. And, uh... We'll go into that and we'll see you guys after the break. Mm. 
favorite songs. So good. <laughs> in this last section, we like to talk about um, stuff we've got in what, since the last episode, or stuff we're getting, or looking forward to getting, or what all that jazz. So, Don, have you gotten anything this week that you're excited about? Yeah, this is the uh, shit we got segment. Um, I got a house. Uh, I don't Yay! own it. I'm renting it, so there's that. That's still so exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like equally excited for you as you are i think i'm not sure why but i'm just like really excited for you <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you are i very much am. i feel like i bought some stuff that i didn't need um i should be getting a cell phone in the mail in the next few yeah. days it wasn't supposed to ship till the fifth um but the guy said my card would get charged um whenever it actually got shipped and that was on like thursday or friday so maybe i'll have a new phone tomorrow that won't explode um, nice not that this one's going to, but it's one of the ones it was, but it won't, so it's cool. Um, and I opened up a Sonic the Hedgehog Amiibo that I've had since it came out, which is about roughly 10 months. <laughs> but I have a little shelf here, and all my all my little Amiibo and figures look pretty good. It's pretty nice. Uh, but I have, yeah, I haven't got anything. Have you got anything? Um, I got, and in the, uh, the theme of last episode which was super comic book related um i got the josie and the pussycats comic book i'm very excited about it Ooh. um josephine and the vaginakins <laughs> wasn't gonna look exactly that, joke, that. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it's a little known fact about me or not but i was a devoted cultish fan of the the live action josie and the pussycats movie starring i think evan rachel wood is josie and Rosario Dawson and Tara Reid as Valerie and Melody, and that Alan, part's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, Alan Cumming was in it as the villain. Um, is Alan Cumming the guy in Two and a Half Men? No, I don't know why I, I keep thinking that. It's him. <laughs> he's the guy. Dude. He's Nightcrawler in the X Men. That's not the same person at all. No, that's very not the the same person. <laughs> like I wasn't talking about Charlie Sheen. I was talking about the other guy. Oh no, yeah, but no, he's still not that guy. Um, okay, yeah, this guy is much different. They don't even look the same, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, but I um, I love that movie so much. Um, to this day, I can still quote it. I didn't actually know that there was a Josie and the Pussycats comic coming out, and then I walked into my comic book store on Wednesday, and I was like, holy shit, they have like 19 variant covers. And then I like I stared at it for like, five minutes and then ended up picking the one I liked most and then I ended up being the A cover anyway so I didn't actually get a variant cover. That sounds a little excessive to have that many. 
Yeah, well, uh, my comic shop is Midtown now, so Midtown is, like, the biggest comic book shop in the country. Like, they ship nationwide, like... Oh, dope. They actually sometimes get variant covers that are the Midtown variant. Like, I don't know if you know... Do you know how variant covers work? I'm vaguely aware. So typically what happens is they... They have the A cover, which is, like, the standard cover, and then they have, like, a number, sometimes just one, sometimes a variety of variant covers, which are how many you get as a shop is based on how many of the A cover you order. Oh. So, like, smaller shops get fewer variant covers because you have to order, like, X amount of the irregular one and expecting to sell that in order to get the variant covers. But you're allowed to mark up the variant covers to your liking. Oh, okay. So. Sometimes you get some really (laughs) nice variant covers, but you know what's kind of sucky about Mm -hmm. variant covers? Sometimes you'll get them in a series of, like, in in an event, so then all your books won't match if you're on a pool list, or (laughs) um, most of my experience with comics is just with the Sonic and Mega Man comics, so they've done two events where they were crossovers, so and some of the variants are pretty nice. There's like a Rivals variant where instead of the normal A, it was like Shadow and Base or something or like Proto Man and Tales, which is pretty cool. But mm-hmm. then it kind of breaks up the flow. And then the 50th or 200th issue of Sonic was in the middle of that. So there's different variants for that, plus the crossover variants. And I'm like, this doesn't match. And then <laughs> there's one where later on, it's like four issues in a row. It's just like a long mural kind of thing. So if you put mm-hmm. the books next to get an image and like Sonic yeah. sitting around but one of the ones I got was a variant like in the middle and I'm like why would <laughs> you even have a variant during this because there's no reason I would want that because it's not like all four variants will form a different picture you yeah. just interrupted mine and it's kind of dumb <laughs> oops yeah but I'm, I'm excited about it because it like I don't actually like the Josie and the Pussycats movie and like vague distant memories of like watching the Joe and the Pussycats TV show when I was like six and getting ready for school in the morning. Um <laughs> in Jabberjaws. <laughs> yeah, like like that era of like boomerangy like throwback TV. Like <laughs> uh, it's all coming back to me now. That is the only like real knowledge of the characters that I have. And like Archie Comics is where it came from. Like mm. it's like so I'm really intrigued by like getting to know these characters that I that I love but like I'm not that familiar with from like the actual source material. Like I've never actually purchased an Archie comic, like an Archie <laughs> published comic before this week, so Hey, well if you go buy Sonic and Mega Man, uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hope you like it. Yeah, I think there's um I hope the Gem and the Holograms did not spoil people off of girl band focused things. <laughs> the movie was apparently terrible, but the uh, what you call it? Okay, I was gonna say because the Gem and the Holograms comic book has actually been very well received, although I haven't read it because I don't have any like cultural like memory cachet in Gem and the Holograms. I'm too young. <laughs> I think that's why everybody was <laughs> mad because the comic is really good. Yeah. So yeah, that's my thing. I'm excited about this week. Nice, nice. Are you uh planning to get anything this coming week? Um, yes, actually, we are, we, who's we, um, I am super hyped because the next book from Rick Riordan, who's the author of the Percy Jackson extended universe, um, is, (laughs) it really is at this point, um, 
is coming out on Tuesday, and I've actually just blocked out my entire evening to read it after when I pick it up on the way home from work. Very nice. It is Magnus Chase in the Hammer of Thor, and it's based on Greek, or, or well, I keep saying Greek, but it's obviously based on North, Norse mythology. North mythology. <laughs> North or Norse? Norse. Okay. Um, hence Thor. Um, Thor? Oh, right. Yes, right. Um, so it is set in the same universe as the Percy Jackson series, um, because he's got like this whole fancy mythology going on with the uh, the different gods from the different pantheons. He's had the, the Percy Jackson books are obviously set about the Greek gods. Um, there's the uh, the Cain Chronicles, which are about the Egyptian gods, and they work in a completely different way than the Greek gods do. Um, and then now <laughs> he's started this new series, which is the um, with Magnus Chase and um, the gods of Asgard, I think is the name of the series. But, um, yeah, but the first one was, it was very exciting. I, um, it's much more tied to the Percy Jackson books than the Kane Chronicles books were because Magnus is, um, the cousin of Percy's girlfriend, Annabeth Chase. Um, so that has, like, a direct familial relationship there. Um, and I'm interested to see where that, like, right at the, I think at the end of the last book, like, him and Magnus and Annabeth met up for the first time, like, knowing that both of them were involved with their respective deities, because Annabeth's the daughter of Athena. Like Wonder Woman, right? It depends on your mythology. <laughs> it depends on your origin story. So, excited to see where this one goes. I'm also just, I love Rick Riordan's storytelling, period. Like, it's just very, like, catchy middle grade books, but, um, if a book can be catchy, like, I don't know. Makes sense to me. He has kind of, like, a a corner on the market right now um in terms of that kind of like fantasy like he's like the harry potter of this generation like in terms of what the big title in children's like young adult fantasy is right um and he is definitely using his powers for good like the <laughs> the newest book in the greek god series has a bisexual main character um there have been like gay character a gay character before that um like in a now finally now in a happy um gay relationship and this ep- this series actually the um Magnus's best friend is a hijabi girl um who has mm-hmm. whose hijab is made of like magic fabric that she can use to like hide in and do all kind of cool. fancy stuff with so it's just like he's definitely even though he is like an old straight white guy he's very much using his platform for good in a way that J.K. Rowling yeah. could learn a damn lesson from. See, that's the thing. <laughs> Straight old white dudes have the power to do good things. They just have to do them. And I don't know. I guess I, I'm i not going to be the straight old white dude apologist right now. But if they could do good things, I'm glad they could. Yeah, I'm just I'm pleased, very pleased by... Because like, his books are good, period. Like I'd recommend them right. even if they weren't like super inclusive but they're fantastically inclusive as well so <laughs> rick riordan and the fandom thief <laughs> hey, <hot day. laughs> Proud of that. i think that's everything on our schedule so that's pretty good good um anything else from you stuff um no i don't think so i'm just getting excited for uh new york comic-con this has been 
the chillest lead up to a con week I have ever had, I think, because I'm not making any new costumes. Isn't it nice? <laughs> <laughs> it is a strange feeling. I'm really thinking of stretching my muscles to put holes into a hoodie, Uh-oh. but there's a good chance that I might not. Is is that a Hamilton hat a snapback? Like, does it have a hole in the back? I think so, yes. Okay, cool. I can put Splatoon uh, tentacles through there because I'm not making <laughs> black ones. I, I might make black ones, but work. Eh. Eh. So, plus I, have, <laughs> I, I can make that costume go a few different ways, so I'm not too worried about it. But yeah, we'll be at New York Comic Con this weekend, so come find us. Come say hi. It'll be great. We'll be in costumes. Hopefully, you'll all be in costumes. And I'd feel remiss if I didn't plug the Fan Bros uh, cross play party cost contest if you're in the new york area it's on wednesday night so unfortunately i won't be able to make it but it is wednesday night great place at i think la poisson rouge my french is rusty because i never learned it <laughs> uh, but yeah you go go see that there's lots of giveaways and cool stuff like that they're not paying me to say this they don't got to but you know they do good stuff anyway but yes. yeah come find us high fives and all that will be cool yes but until next time, um, we got some social media business. We could probably give them the bridge version because this is a spinoff, right? Yeah, I'd say so. You always can find me at Brother Dom pretty much everywhere on the tweets and the tumblers and anywhere I want to fi- want you to find me. That's Brother, T-H-A, Dom. Steph, where can they find you at? Um, they can find me at Captain Steph on Twitter. They can find me at the Snow Queer on Tumblr. Um, they can find us. Um, right now we don't have any kind of separate accounts for Geekly Reveal, so you can find us at Character Rev on Twitter. Is our Character Reveal Twitter handle? Yeah, it's all the same. We're it's the same umbrella. It's the same yeah, streams. So... <laughs> we're great, nice yeah. little studio. <laughs> we're not crossing the streams because they're all in the same stream. So it's the same stream. Okay, you can also find us at characterreveal.simplecast.fm, and you can find us on Google Play. So quick, so nice, so lovely and clean. Google Play is podcast. You can find us there. And on Stitcher, if you go to Facebook and type in Character Reveal, you'll recognize the logo. We'll be there. You'll get updates about Character Reveal and Geekly Reveal and anything else we come up with. Cool. And then you can find both of us writing, um, not this week, because we're taking our usual early weekly break, early first week of the month uh, week break, but uh, <laughs> feels so good. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can find both of us writing at ladygeekgirl.wordpress.com, which is the Lady Geek Girl and Friends intersectional feminist blog. Cool. So, that's it. Yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Geekly Reveal, and we hope you're enjoying the first few days of Halloween, and hope you enjoy it for the next <laughs> yeah, happy or so ha- days. Happy first or happy first week of Halloween. Yes, it's so nice and spooky and cool and all that great stuff. So, yeah, until next time, uh, hopefully we see you next time on Geekly Reveal and Character Reveal. And, uh, again, until next time, see you see later. See you later.